Lent is a time for self-reflection and prayer. One way to do this is by exploring the life, actions, and teachings of Jesus. First Baptist Church of Athens, Georgia offers these devotions for your Lenten journey. Using the book, Seeing with Jesus, Developing a Worldview Shaped by the Gospels, written by Jack Glasgow, members from our church have prepared daily devotions offering insights, discoveries, and yes, sometimes questions. This week, our devotions correspond with Chapter 2, Seeing with His Disciples. Today's devotion is from Bill McDonald. Listen as the piano arrangement of Be Thou My Vision, played by Alan MacArthur, points you to look at the world through the eyes of Jesus. Today's scripture is John 14, 1 through 11. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you will be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you'll know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. 
Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sakes of the works themselves. For many years, I have wrestled with understanding, and truthfully, perhaps trusting, that I am being called by God to discipleship as living a truly integrated life. You see, I used to differentiate between my work, or what I described as my public life, and my personal life, which I described as my private life. My rationale, it seemed, was that it was far easier for me to describe the differences in my roles, my views, my values, and my action versus what as a Christian I did, I valued, and the roles that I had in that capacity. Truthfully, it also gave me an out when my personal values came into conflict with my work values, and especially in matters of faith. At the time, it seemed that many of my colleagues of faith felt the same way. Those who worked at public institutions often talked about how stilted they felt when grappling with issues students presented to them, and those colleagues were unsure of how to react and be true to their role in their public life and perhaps their faith in their private life. Contrast these experiences with the habits of my colleagues that worked at private religious-affiliated institutions who joyfully explained their thankfulness at being able to express their faith in their day-to-day work with students. But truthfully, without really being willing to wrestle with students with some of the difficult issues they faced in college. Perhaps it just became too easy to say, just take it to God in prayer and you will figure it out. I continued to believe that way until one day when God, in his infinite sense of humor, had a Duke-educated colleague. For those of you who know my Carolina roots, you know how difficult it is for me to share this. Confronted me with that I was making an artificial distinction that did not need to be made. He challenged me and said, instead, I should be focused on living one integrated life, the life that Jesus called me to live. Jack Glasgow agrees in chapter 2. In a subsection entitled The Cost of Discipleship, he writes, How easy we sometimes want to make the whole notion of the Christian life. Just believe in the right things, pray the right prayer, confess personal faith, be baptized in the church, and everything is taken care of for eternity. I'm not arguing against the importance of doing any of these things, but I do believe we often fail to see the life of faith as Jesus saw it and as he taught his disciples, end quote. So for me, once I accepted God's calling to live an integrated life, I began to better understand the struggles we face in our respective roles, and particularly as Christians, and the difficulty is for us to trust and not be troubled. I have been blessed to work with college students on a day-to-day basis for almost 41 years. 
in living with this new understanding of trying to live an integrated life, I accept my calling to challenge them in how they see the world, their place in it, and how to prepare when things are not easy or do not go as planned, and at times when they go tragically wrong. Having said that, I'm also blessed with the joy of knowing developmentally students are incredibly optimistic and believe that life in college should be easy. After all, haven't we all told them that, that college are the best four years of their life? For example, I remember the first time when I reacted with students at Carson Newman College 32 years ago. No surprise that students were into music back then, too. Every time I met a new student, they eagerly asked me who my favorite bands were. I became perplexed when they did not like any of my choices. After all, I thought the Doobie Brothers, the Eagles, and finally Earth, Wind, and Fire were the bands that were great. To a student, they would laugh and say, No, no, Dean McDee, who were your favorite contemporary Christian bands? To them, contemporary Christian bands were an easy way to express their faith and even an easier way to bring people into relationship with Jesus. But for me, that was difficult to connect with that approach. On the one hand, the only contemporary Christian bands at the time that I knew were Amy Grant and Glad. On the other hand, based on how I was raised in church, even with the commitments I made when I was younger to accept Jesus in my life, my way of sharing my faith was more in the way I lived, what I believed, and what I was willing to commit to, rather than trying to use contemporary music or new worship to introduce Jesus to students. Thankfully, over the years, I became comfortable and challenged myself to understand why this was so important to students to find new ways of faith and why those new ways of faith are not as meaningful to me. I fully respect students' rights to do that and support them in finding their own ways to express their faith. Skipping forward to today, students still like to focus on practicing their faith in simple and easy ways. Just a few days ago, while standing in line at Tate Starbucks, a student proudly proclaimed, I enjoy staying at home too much, dressed in my PJs, pestering students in class through text, social media posts, etc. In fact, I enjoy it so much, I'm giving up skipping class for Lent. It will be a sacrifice, but it will be worth it to me and my friends. Many people would have been offended by such a statement from a student as disrespecting their tradition and the responsibility of Lent. But for me, I couldn't help but start laughing. Trying to ease the student's embarrassment and what they proclaimed so loudly that everybody seemed to react to, I reached out for a fist bump and stated, Go dogs!" to which the student responded, Woof, woof, woof. But I know from my work with students that things are not as simple much less easy as this interchange with this student. That very afternoon, I attended the Disability Resource Center reception, which honors both students who have overcome unbelievable personal challenges to be successful at UGA, the donors who support them, the student family members who support them, and beloved faculty members that reach out to him during that time. For example, DRC not only recognized students, but they recognized a faculty member who was described as going beyond the call of duty to making the student feel comfortable, understanding that their expectations for accommodations were part of their education, part of who they were, 
and the faculty member respected him for that. But for me, the highlight of the reception was hearing four students who spoke about their personal lived experiences, their respective disabilities that can never fully be resolved, and how they've learned to cope with that. Here are examples from each speaker. One student who has ADHD, among several other mental and wellness challenges, described their day-to-day struggle as pushing through thickets of thorny bushes that cut their skin. Another student who has a mild case of cerebral palsy described their body as having little feeling on the right side and consequently they've had to adjust to that and had to find creative ways to manage their day-to-day tasks. The student gave the example of learning to tie their shoe with one hand. A third student who has dyslexia also shared the joy that this student had instead of embarrassment about the times that they answer questions in exact opposite ways of the way they should. The case that was given was the time that the student, when answering the question, who was the president for the Cuban Missile Crisis, instead of saying JFK, responded with KFC. The student openly laughed about this situation and gave other students a chance to share in that joy, but also recognize the disability that this student must face on a day-to-day basis. And most importantly, showed the lack of fear of having to live with the disability. And finally, a student who was bipolar described their life as a mashup of deepest depression coexisting in the moment with intense euphoria and the impact that has on how they move through their day-to-day life at UGA. Now, I do not know whether these students believe in trusting God or not, but I do believe that they represent an awareness they are not fully in control and that they have learned to trust, learned to be vulnerable, learned to ask for help, and that there are people who are out there that will gladly serve them without taking advantage of them from a sense of what is the public good and honoring these students' individual respective dreams and aspirations. In other words, they have exhibited the willingness to let go and trust. As Christians, we have much to learn from their approach. Viktor Frankl, author of Man's Search for Meaning, states that the search for meaning is a central motivating force for humans. He writes, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And that space is our power to choose our response. And our response lies our growth and our freedom. As Christians, in that space allows us to exhibit our faith. So what have students taught me about the cost of discipleship? First, if we're to grow in our faith and be free, we must let go and actively trust and seek God's grace, through whom all things are possible. In his commentary on the Gospel of John, Volume 2, William Barclay writes, There comes a time when we have to believe where we cannot prove and accept where we cannot understand. If, in the darkest of hour, we believe that there is a purpose in life, and that the purpose is love, even the unbearable becomes bearable. And even in the darkness, there is a glimmer of light. 
Glasgow agrees. He states, Jesus absolutely redefines the greatness of the kingdom of God. He further points out, it is a measure of our willingness to serve others. It is a measure of the degree to which we are willing to sacrifice for the sake of others and for the sake of God's kingdom. So this is the cost of discipleship. Perhaps Luke 12, 48 best summarizes it when it's written, For everyone to whom much is given, from him much more will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask that much more. Let us pray. Gracious God, please help us to be strong in our faith. Please help us to live integrated lives. Please help us to be aware of the other's needs, both locally and internationally, in these difficult times. Please help us to trust in you, to be vulnerable, and to have the freedom to act in keeping with our faith and in keeping as a being ambassadors for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.